God bless you, brothers and sisters. This is Brother Leonard. Once again, it's a great day to be alive, to know that God still loves us. Of course, he never will stop. But to know that he yet has a purpose for our lives and God continues to bless us, um, you know, no matter where we go, uh, he's right there with us. And so take some time out to thank the Lord for allowing you to be here another day. Because listen, people all around us have passed away and you know people who was here with you, but now they're gone. And so it's just, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to live this life out, you know, and, and God yet have mercy on us. He says that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And so that's, uh, thank you, Lord, for that. And I tell you, God has just been so good to us. And, and I'm telling you that he continues to be good to us every day. Now, brothers and sisters, last time we talked about the importance of the word of God. And when you get born again and how critical it is for you to begin to um, understand and get into the word of God. And Peter, the Bible says to desire the sincere milk of the word that you can grow thereby. And so when you're born again, once again, it's your spirit that's changed, that's, that's new, that's regeneration. That's what salvation is. You know, yes, Jesus did this great work for us and he's gave us his righteousness. But listen, you can't put new wine into old bottles. And so now Jesus did this new thing, but we're this old bottle, this old vessel, right? But when we accept Jesus, he, what he does is he, he, he gives us, the Holy Spirit gives us a new spirit, right? And now we can put this new wine into this, this new bottle, right? This, in other words, put this spirit of God into this new spirit that God gave us. And now we're his children because we're born again. And so today, I'm going to continue with the series, The Importance of the Word of God, Part 2, and I want to talk to you. Uh, we're going to come out of Psalms 1, but let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this word. Thank you for what you're doing. Continue to bless your people today. Father, we thank you so much for what you continue to do. Lord, you're awesome today, and Holy Spirit, we look to you for your guidance and your direction, and help us in this time of the word that people will be uh, blessed God be delivered and set free in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. So we know that all scripture is uh, given from the inspiration of God. Right. And it's given for reproof, for correction, for instruction that the man of God can be furnished. Right. And can do the things that God called him or her to do. And this instruction is very important. And God's word, the Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 12, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing line of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so I want to talk to you more about this because, listen, some of y'all got saved already. You're saved. You're born again, right? But... It's almost like, you know how you lose weight and you're on a weight loss program and all of a sudden you can't lose weight anymore because you done plateaued? Well, some of y'all have plateaued spiritually, like you don't know what else to do. You're not getting, it's not fresh anymore. 
You know, it, it's worn off, you know, that feeling of being saved and God hugging you and loving on you and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, God, are you still there? How many of y'all didn't ask that question? Absolutely. Because I did <laughs> when I got born again. And all of a sudden it seemed like, oh, God, where are you, man? Like, are you still there? Because I didn't feel that that kind of warm and cuddly feeling, you know. And remember this. Jesus wants us to walk by faith and not by sight, not by how this, how this cuddly feeling is affecting us. He, that's not what he wants us to walk by. He wants us to walk by faith, right? And so you're going to experience that sort of withdrawing feeling where you're growing up in the Lord and you're not going to get all that, you know, all that hugging and loving and what you like. You know what I mean? Because think about it. If any of you all have had children or, you know, you raise children, you know, when they're babies, man, they're always up in mom's lap and, you know, always up on her chest and all that kind of stuff. But as they get older and bigger, we put them in a walker. We teach them how to walk. We put them down. Right. And look, you can't be up here all the time. Well, that's the same thing. Right. Spiritually is God put he put you down so you can learn how to walk. Right. And in some of these instances, some of y'all got kicked out of the nest because God wants you to fly. You know what I mean? Kind of like an eagle. Kicking out a baby eagle, a little eaglet. <laughs> you got to learn how to fly. You ain't going to stay in his nest. And she kicks him out and that joker will fly. <laughs> they do fly. They won't just crash and burn. So it's kind of like that, you know, where we have to learn how to walk um, in the word. And so God wants us to mature in the word, to grow up in the word. Paul says that when I was a child, I spake as a child and I acted like a child and I did childish things. But when I became a man, I put away all those foolish things, those childish things. So as you grow up in the Lord spiritually, you know, you're growing up to where you're going to put away all that stuff that you've been dealing with. Now, I'm going to tell you something, you know, yeah, you say and that's a great thing, but you still have to deal with your mind, y'all. Your mind is still toe up. You still got to deal with your mind, right? Because some of y'all came out of some bad juju, man, some bad stuff. And you got to deal with your mind because you're not thinking on those things that are lovely, those things that are pure, those things that are of a good report, right? Where the Bible says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Some of y'all still thinking on, you know, Willie. You know, because you used to live with Willie. Or you think about Susie because you used to live with Susie. And some of y'all still living with Willie and Susie. Huh? And Willie and Susie ain't your husband and wife. See what I'm saying? So, you have to look at that because God wants you to grow up and he wants you to put away those childish things. Because you can't keep doing those things and, and you know, experience all those blessings and because... The time is coming for you to put those things away. You know, there's nothing worse than um, a, I don't know, a young child that wants to play with poo-poo. You don't want to see that, right? You want, you want to get them past the point where they don't do that anymore, right? Exactly. They want to grow up. And so when you play with your sins, the Bible says it's like, um, it's like, uh, it's like going back um into your vomit you know playing with your vomit and that's not good so as you grow up you want to put those things away because you don't want to deal with those things so let's talk about this for a moment the bible says 
um, that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, and that's found one of our foundation scriptures, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, right? So now I'm not the same anymore. I'm a born again Christian, right? With a brand new spirit. But my mind, right, is still the same. Well, guess what? Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. And so God dealt with the spirit part of us. He saved us. The Holy Spirit has um, sealed us until the day of redemption. We're his forever. Right. And so we now have eternal life. Not later. We got it right now. Right. So now we have to deal with our mind. And we talked about in Romans 12 and two, to be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and that perfect and acceptable will of God. And so now we need to talk about what is it that we need to do with the word of God to renew our minds? Because, listen, I remember when I was in the military, when I first went in, here I am coming off the streets of Cincinnati, Ohio where I was a lost young boy from the ghetto, from the hood, right? My grandmother raised me and she did a good job, but I'm still got this hood mentality, you know, and um, not being the most respectful person in the world and all these different things. You know, if you've lived in the hood, then you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have to learn how to survive in the hood. Yep, mom them. Grandma, whoever raised you, praying for you. But the hood is a whole nother level of life. It's different. Um, and so, of course, I developed all kind of, you know, bad habits and not just from the hood, but just different things in my life. You know, uh, granddaddy's demons, daddy's demons, curses, generational curses, you name it. All those things come from you. And so you got to understand that this is one of the reasons why. You got to get into that word. You got to get your mind renewed. You got to understand the things of God, understand what God says about certain things, because we're living in this fallen world and this world is going a whole nother direction. It's like salmon that swim upstream, right? When streams flow naturally the opposite way, but salmon's on a mission, right? Well, we're swimming upstream because this world is going a whole nother way. This world is, is it's, it's fallen, and it's doing its own thing. And so remember, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. So we can't flow the way the world flows. We have to flow the way God wants us to flow. And, to, and that's what's important. So for us, we got to get the word in our minds and meditate it and get the word to where it brings good results. So go with me to Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. Underline that word meditate. All right. The scripture says he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 
The Bible says the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. I remember we used to do that all the time when I was a little boy in church. I grew up in a Baptist church. Um, but I didn't get saved, though, until I uh, went to a, uh, a Pentecostal church, Church of God in Christ in Germany, of all places. Some God knows where to get your attention, man. I'm telling you, he knows. But anyway, let's talk about that. So the Bible says we're blessed if we stay away from all these things. The counsel of the ungodly, the way of sinners, and the seed of the scornful. So he's talking about the world, right? So he wants you to not be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's what he says. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Well, the law of the Lord is the word of God, right? And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So that means that you have the word of God on your mind at all times. Now, obviously, you think about other things, but, you know, when you're thinking, you're thinking about God, you're thinking about his word, thinking about how good he is, and, and you're getting reflecting on scriptures that you read, right? And you, whatever, whatever scriptures that you're reading that day, if you're wanting to read about faith or if you want to read about love, then you're meditating on scriptures about love and about faith. And what you're doing is you're building faith because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So as you build this faith, guys, you're building your spirit. You're building, uh, you're building up your mind at the same time. Because remember that the, the, the fruits of the spirit are already in your reborn spirit and seed form. And as you grow up in him, then you begin to grow up in these different things until you start producing fruit, right? And so you have to stay in the word. So now here's a really cool thing that the word begins to really um, affect your mind, right? And it begins to work on your mind. Now, like I said, when I was in the military, I remember that they took me off the going back to that story. They took me off the streets of Cincinnati and they put me into this place called the reception center. And they gave us all the different things that we were going to need to go to basic training. They gave us a whole bunch of shots. They gave us all sorts of things. I remember it was awful. <laughs> it just was. And so um, after we went through that process, they transferred us to basic training. And we met these people called drill sergeants. And they were the most, um, they were just evil. They were evil personified. That's how I felt at the time. I could not stand them. I hated them because they were mean and evil and they said bad words to us and they made us say yes, drill sergeant all the time. And they called us names and it's just it was terrible. And I remember um, I remember many days I cried, first of all, because I was in love with this young lady. And I, and so she 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 became my wife, by the way, and she's still my wife today, by the way. Amen. 41 years. But um, and so I remember crying and just nothing was the same. I was in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, in the heart of winter, January 14th, 1981. <laughs> I reported. Oh, it was terrible. And so um, anyway, I began to learn about weapons and about 
you know, they taught us, first of all, they taught us about drill and ceremony. Uh, they started doing team building things with us and really getting us to operate as a team. They taught us, um, you know, nuclear, biological, chem chemical. They taught us how to do first aid. They just worked on a lot of basic things. And these were things that I didn't even know how to do. Right. Seriously. They taught me how to sweep and mop and buff the floor. I knew how to sweep the floor. I had never seen a buffer. <laughs> so they taught me how to buff the floor and and I learned how to I became really good at washing dishes, you know, because they we did what we call KP kitchen patrol. And that's where you had to go and you washed all those dishes. It was awful detail. I, I got some bad memories about some of this stuff, y'all. But anyway, I remember um, I just I just didn't like it. Right. And I'm going to be honest with you. I look. I just, at that point in my life, I thought I made a mistake. Like, I was, oh, my God. Like, what have I got myself into? Well, anyway, about week four, I don't know, something changed. Like, I began to like the military. <laughs> I knew I was good at marching because I was in a marching band when I was in high school. So I was good at some of that stuff. And it felt good to be good at something, you know, in that environment that I was in. And I remember they taught us about honor, about duty, about country. They taught us about the importance of sacrifice, self-sacrifice. They just taught us so many different things. And, and I remember when I graduated out of basic training, I never felt more proud than to be done with something. My family couldn't come down, but I graduated. I was happy at least until we moved to advanced individual training, which was different. I had to go to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and that's how I learned my job. Believe it or not, a field artillery meteorologist. <laughs> I know. A weatherman. <clears throat> learned a lot of good things there. Um, you know, God helped me, even though I wasn't saved, and I got through that course. And then I went to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. What I wanted you to get out of this story was that they changed my mind about who I was. No longer was I this ghetto hood kid or this kid out of the hood, right? But I was a soldier, right? When I went in, I was a trainee. We stayed trainees until we graduated. Now I became a soldier, right? Still wasn't a full-fledged soldier, but I was a soldier. Nonetheless, so all these things changed about me. Um, I said, yes, sergeant, no sergeant. Yes, sir. No, sir. I mean, they gave up. They helped us with manners and man with respect. And we just we were different. All that came as a result of putting us in this environment and changing our mind. We studied different things about the military and all this as a result changed us. Right. Well, guess what? Now you're in an environment. You've been born again. You're in this environment where you're getting ready to change. You're changing. When you start getting in that word, you, you're going to begin to see yourself and God's going to show you yourself and he's going to help you. To change. So as you're meditating this word, you're beginning to learn about the characteristics of God, about how this great God, how he created everything and how he wanted to wanted it to function in a certain way. And then how, you know, this creation that he had 
decided that they didn't want to be a part of his plan, so to speak, right? So God had to, uh, he basically uh, ended up starting over again almost, you know, and and so you're going to learn about all these different things, but primarily what you're going to learn about is who you are in Christ. And so we're under a whole nother covenant, a whole nother, nother dispensation. We're under the dispensation of grace, you know, where God has given every man a chance. Listen, so that you don't have to go spend eternity in hell. He's given us a chance. And so um, what you have to understand is that you're going to be an extension of him so that you can tell others about Jesus. And that's what all this is about. So as you're meditating on this word, getting this word in you, it's changing your mind. You know, God said, your thoughts are not my thoughts and your ways are not my ways in the Old Testament. But guess what? As you become hooked, as you're hooked to the Lord, guys, you're going to get some of his thoughts and you're going to start showing some of his ways. And when people see you, it's like seeing Jesus, you know, because you're going to remind them of Jesus through your love and your kindness and your mercy and your word and the things that you do every day. They're going to look at you and say, you know what? This guy is a child of God. People know you. When, if you've ever been around Christians and you wasn't a Christian, you know Christians. They're totally different. There's something different about them and you know it. You know, when I was around Christians, I knew they were different. You know, I didn't necessarily want to be one of them, but I knew they were different. You know, but then, of course, um, I got saved in Germany and it changed everything. So understand that now we're meditating the word of God because God wants us to be molded and shaped, you know, in his image. And so we can be productive. You know, in Joshua 1 and 8, he says that he told Joshua this. He said this was after Moses had died and Joshua became the leader. Right. <clears throat> he said. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So here is Joshua in the Old Testament, and God is telling him that, look, my word is number one. I want you to meditate this word, get to know this word, because this word is going to be the key to you being successful in what I've called you to do. He goes on to say, have not I commanded you? To be strong and be of good courage and be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. Right? So he gave Joshua that commandment because his word, listen, as you're getting that word on the inside of you, it's doing something, man. This word is power. This word's got power, right? And you know what? Jesus gives you the authority to wield his word, right? Remember what I said? The scripture says that. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Piercing even to the dividing line of the soul and the spirit because that word cuts going and coming. The word is what Jesus used when he encountered Satan. You know, Satan was trying to get him to jump off a, a big uh, wall and cast himself down. And he's trying to get him to turn water. I'm sorry, trying to turn a rock into bread. He's trying to get him to serve him and worship him. And Jesus declared definitively with the word of God. Thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Right. Uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man shall worship the Lord thy God and only him.
So all the stuff that Satan threw, none of it had impact on Jesus because Jesus used the word. Everywhere Jesus went, he used the word. He used the word to calm storms. He used the word to create miracles. He told the, um, on more than one occasion, he told people that your servant was made whole or this person has been done or go do this and you'll be healed and all these different things <clears throat> because he told them he used his word. And so brothers and sisters, it's very important that we meditate this word and get this word on the inside of us because you know what? Some of y'all, you're at that plateau. You stuck. The reason why you stuck is because you won't stay in the word and meditate the word. You know, you just... You go to church, you listen to a sermon and think that's it. You know, you don't even do that when you eat at home, when you eat naturally. You eat three meals a day or or four meals a day or whatever you eat. Right. You don't you don't neglect your body. Right. And so. Why would you neglect your spirit? Why would you neglect your mind? You need to get the word, meditate the word, get the word, keep the word on the inside of you, because it's very important. Right. Because it's going to develop your mind. It's going to help you. And now you will think the thoughts of the Lord. Those of you who are struggling with pornography and things like that. The reason why you're struggling with pornography is because you meditate on pornography. Right. And you meditate on those sites and you go to all those sites and they burn up your time and the devil pull you further in. I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, if you're engaging in sin willfully, this I know that sin will keep you longer then you want to stay and take you further than you want to go. I promise you, you don't want to get tied up in the sin because then you get into bondage right now. You just born again, believer, right? Full of faith and power. But now you're bound and the devil's got you in a bondage situation. Some of y'all doing drugs, you vaping, THC, doing all sorts of things. You're still sleeping with the same people, you know, and you haven't gotten married. Some of y'all might be involved in homosexuality and you're stuck. You can't go any further. Right. Well, guess what? You have to get the word on you in you. Right. And repent of those sins and move on. You don't want to stay stuck in sin. Right. Because you can't do anything. You can't move because you always condemn. And the Bible says that therefore now there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you don't want to do that. Right. I'm telling you, sin is real. It will put you in bondage in a heartbeat, even though you're born again and you save those things you used to do. Right. You'll find yourself like a, a crack addict. Right. And some of y'all, you've been, you know, dealing with drugs and all sorts of things, alcohol. And then became you became dependent on them. Man, you need to you want to get free of that. And the only way you can do that is through the word of God. You have to force yourself to meditate on the word. Right. And if you need help further than that, get what you I don't know what your church situation is. But, you know, if you got a man of power, woman of power in the church, you know, your pastor, get with them. They have counseling programs, but you can't keep doing that stuff and thinking you're going to prosper and flourish because you're not. You know, the devil going to try to kill you once he gets you on his playground. And many men and women of God have been destroyed because of that. All right. 